Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Well, surprise, surprise. Guess who's back? Big Jim, Bing Kevin, Bing, Bing Kevin. <laughs> Big Kevin, Big Warren, and Big Jim. It's another episode. It's a special episode of Inside Curling with me and, of course, our two World Curling Hall of Famers, Kevin Martin and Warren Hansen. And uh, we're glad you're joining us. We want to thank all of our sponsors, of course, who do our regular show and our special show. Uh, thank you to Casino City, Coyote Tractor, Gold Line, and Hearing Life. Uh, they join us each and every week and sponsor a bunch of spots uh, on our show. Uh, Coyote Tractor brings you hot rock topics. If you have work to do, Coyote has the tractors, UTVs, ZTRs, and compact construction equipment to do it. Coyote, we dig dirt. So here's what's happening on the show today, okay? There's a lot of stuff that came down, okay? The Pan Continental Cup is in Kelowna, and uh, we talked about it on the show earlier. It was something the WCF brought on a couple of years ago. They have their reasons for doing it. We're going to discuss that. Why are they doing it? How is it operated? Who should be in it? Some teams are in it that don't think they should be there. Others are. What does it mean? Is this a big event? Is it a small event? What's the format? Uh, all things Pan Continental Cup. And we'll give you an update, of course, on what's going on there. There was a hullabaloo today with the coverage. And uh, my phone just blew up. People I don't even know, they're so freaking mad. I'm like, don't ask me. I didn't have anything to do with this. What's happening around the curling world? Brought to you by Jackpot City. Casino games perfectly made for you. So here's the update. It's on TSN. They started off a couple days ago uh, with the coverage. And I guess it's going okay. And then uh, four games in, no TSN, <laughs> okay? <laughs> what happens is it's pulled and it's only on a streaming, like TSN Plus or something, and there's no, no national network carrying this thing. Warren, let's kick off with that, baby. What do you know? Well, let's go back into some history. So the world events held in Canada, that's the men's and women's worlds, for the last uh, probably almost 20 years have been operated by Curling Canada. And in fact, Curling Canada owns the rights to them. And so with this event coming to Canada for the second time, I had more or less assumed it was the same type of agreement that Curling Canada was operating in an agreement with the World Curling Federation. They had the rights, which is how TSN ended up there. But I found out yesterday, no, that isn't the case. World Curling Federation control the rights here. Curling Canada doesn't, and they're operating it. And so it became a mystery then is exactly how TSN became involved with this because TSN's contract is with Curling Canada, not the WCF. And it's kind of strange because I can remember Vic Router signing off from the points bet invitational saying, see you again in February at the Scotties. So a month ago, this wasn't on their schedule. So then about two, three weeks ago, I see it's now on the schedule. I'm going, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what that's all about. So anyway, 
we're rolling along. The thing comes on on Sunday, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going like, something's not right here. There's a, particularly with a one overhead camera, there's a lot of focus issues. There's a lot of shadows. I'm going like, man, this isn't by TSN standard. And let me first emphasize, TSN does not have a crew in Kelowna. They don't have any production people in Kelowna. They are simply picking up the feed from the World Curling Federation, and Vic Router and Russ Howard are sitting in the studio in Toronto doing the commentating. So this has nothing to do with TSN. So all of a sudden, of course, as Jim mentioned, it disappeared yesterday. And a statement put out by TSN was kind of vague, but if you read between the lines, you pretty much could conclude that they had determined the signal out of Kelowna wasn't acceptable to the standards of cable television, and they had pulled it off the cable network and thrown it over to stream. And I start scratching my head, then, well, how did this happen? I mean, everybody must have known before this happened because World Federation was providing them a signal in a different manner. And without getting into details, it was pretty much coming through as an internet feed, not as a feed by uplink or by cable. So it was different. And uh, somebody at TSN knew this beforehand, had agreed to it, but maybe a little higher up the ladder, somebody else saw it once it was aired and said, uh-uh. We aren't putting that on the main network. So that's the situation. And why did this happen? Well, the WCF is running this event with a very limited budget. And uh, I think they decided that to put out uh, a broadcast signal like they normally had, which is going to be too costly. And the fact that they felt they could get away with doing what they are, I'm told that the Asia and other places where it's going are accepting it. But sorry, TSN isn't. So then we hear from Brad Gushu oh today. <laughs> and Brad Gushu is upset. You know what? I, I fully understand why Brad Gushu is upset because this event is a qualifying event. So a team from Canada is there on the men's side, primarily to create a marker. Of the, of the countries there, you have to end up in the top five. Well, we know with the nations that are there, uh, Canada could send probably 10, 12 teams uh, without question that would win enough games to become in the top five. But I guess Brad was given the opportunity because he won Canada last year, came second in the Worlds. And so he was probably asked, do you want to do this? And he probably said yes, because he was aware of the fact it was going to be on TSN, main network, and that was going to be a benefit to his sponsors. And Brad Gushu in the curling world makes a fair chunk of money out of his sponsors, and this was a way of fulfilling them. So I can really understand why he is upset when he finds out there's no more main network coverage on TSN, along with all the other issues that he brought up that are happening in Kelowna. But what else could anybody expect? They're trying to do it in a curling club. And with all due respect to Jock Tyre and that committee there, who I'm sure are doing as best they can, these type of events of this nature shouldn't be in a curling club. Go to the interview. It's uh, CBC Sports, Devin Haru, I think is the name of the guy who did it, one of their writers. He torched this thing, Warren. He didn't He didn't complain. He absolutely ripped it to shreds. He said, I, you know, I've, I've, I read the piece. It's a short piece. And in a short time, he took, he took down a lot of people saying, the curlers are treated very poorly. They weren't even allowed on the ice to, to see each other practice. They told them to go outside. They they were so cold. They went and bought some underwear. They came back, and the w, some WCF guy came and said, "Take off your underwear, okay? You can't do it." He's like, obviously, he exploded. It's it's got to be something percolating with him. 
Kev, before we get into all the other stuff about what, what <laughs> I'm sure you read the piece, Kevin. Oh, yes. So, Kev, he took him down, baby. Like, you know, no holds barred. There's a whole lot to chew on here. You know, <laughs> uh, so not doing it through a truck. Let's just go there first with what Warren was talking about with, with the feed. Um, so doing it through internet and, uh, and, and not a, a truck with the whole crew there just wasn't the proper quality for, for broadcast. And that makes perfect sense. But now, Brad, let's, get in, let's, let's go to Brad. To not, there's, there's so much here. So to, to not be able to watch the opposition's throw is very important uh, to Brad because you get to see the other person throw, how they throw. Uh, what the ice is like, what are the rocks like? There's so much information you gather from the practice. And I understand that Brad actually tried to sneak into the stats area because he could see the practice from there. But of course he was caught in there and there's lots of wires and stuff and, and he doesn't, you know, they're kind of worried about somebody kicking a wire loose and, and then you'd be screwed for the game stats wise. So he got booted out of there. Like, hey, you can't right. be in here. But of course, so Brad, oh, you know, you can't get there, but you can't watch the practice. And then he, you can't warm up in the building because it's full of people. Of course, it's, it's a curling club, beautiful mm-hmm. curling club, but still a curling club. So there's no room. So, so Brad's going, well, where, where are we supposed to warm up? And this is what, what you're talking about. And they're going, well, go outside. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> outside? We don't want to go outside to warm up. Like we want to warm up inside the building somewhere and oh my goodness and and then of course to Warren's point it goes off of television the reason Brad would have went there's nobody being paid so in order to make it kind of worthwhile because they could go to a tour event somewhere and mm-hmm. make money um, but their sponsors get really good coverage on TSN great there's value sure. there wonderful well now after a couple of games on TV Nope. Right. <laughs> so now, now Brad's sitting in Kelowna going, what the hell? I think they're, they're still undefeated and, you know, you know they'll, they'll be for sure in the top mm-hmm. five and to the world's great. But it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and so that's Brad's, I guess, predicament is that he's having trouble being able to, like, why am I here? What the heck's going on? Right. Why is this event in a curling club? Why are we having to play on ice like this? And, right. and so on. And, uh, yeah, you know, right. it's just, there's a whole bunch of things. It's not just one. Let me just uh, take a minute here and read, read to you what Brad said. Quote, this is an embarrassment. There's a level of incompetence there that needs to be corrected. The way the WCF has, uh, has run this week, it's a joke. It's a big step back from the event we had last year. I don't understand why they've gone this route. I understand you, you have to give teams a chance to qualify for Worlds and, what, and whatnot. I understand that, but I think there's different ways it could be done. This is just the second time the event has taken place after being voted in by WCF members. Gushu goes on to say, I'm a little angry. <laughs> Last year's inaugural event where Gushu won men's gold, Kerry Anderson bronze, was held in Calgary at the Mark and uh, McVale Center, where they've had Scotties and Briars before, when it was in a bubble. Gushu says he feels that curling and curlers are secondary to everything else, and he's had quite enough of that. None of us are getting paid to be here, and they're selling tickets. There are hundreds of people coming in here and paying, and none of the curlers are making a dime. And we're being told to go outside and warm up for a game. I'm a little angry. It's absolute silliness. The stuff that's happening here this week, there's more care about every, uh, everyone else than the players. Not being able to have any area to warm up, we were told to go outside. We're sharing change rooms with the women. We're not allowed to view practices. We're not allowed to have one player there. 
The five-time Briar champion was told wearing thermal gear to stay warm in the curling ice is not allowed. He says, we got reprimanded for wearing thermals under our uniforms. Gushu said, a WCF cited the long sleeves as being different colors from the uniform as the reason. It's so cold in the rink. We went outside yesterday and bought underwear, bought thermals, merino wool underneath our stuff. Uh, we were told by the WCF it's not part of our uniform and we can't wear it anymore. I'm sick and tired of coming to WC events and the players being an afterthought. We're not getting paid to be here. We're doing this for our country and it's kind of pisses me off. That's from Brad Gushu. <laughs> yeah, there's no, not a lot of questions left. Uh, I wonder how Brad's feeling about this. Like he's the guy. Right. This and and by the way, it's a good point. It's not from a sore loser here who's gone zero and four or something, right? And come out and said, he's he's going to whip everyone. Uh, he's the top player in the world. So for you know, he is the guy. It's not just some ne'er do well making these comments. Let's uh, let's talk about this event, and, and maybe things will become a little clearer. So this event came into existence two years ago, and this was voted on by the World Curling Federation AGM. Yeah, let's do this. And of course, before that, uh, the European Championship, which has been on for years, qualified eight teams for the Worlds. The other five teams, Canada and the U.S., uh, which we won't get into details of how that happened each year, but they were always there. And then there were four teams from Asia. There was pressure coming on to more and more teams from Asia were getting better, and they wanted to have the opportunity to be able to expand that. So the idea came up, well... Why don't we start an event that will look similar to the Europeans, but it'll qualify five teams. And again, without getting in details, Europeans qualify as eight. So that's how this event was born. I think when this all has happened, this, everybody, oh, it's a good idea, but no one ever thought about how they were going to pay for it. To put on an event of this nature is very expensive. It, it doesn't come cheap. And I'm sure they found last year in Calgary, they probably spent more than they'd planned to. So this year, I think, first of all, they had a, a difficulty finding a site to host it because for sure they wouldn't want to bring it back to Canada for a second year in a row. But I'm quite sure they didn't find anybody outside of Canada to do it. So they finally convinced an 11th hour, I might say July, uh, the Kelowna Curling Club to take the event on because, again, to go and put this event in an arena is a pretty significant cost just for the building, never mind all the other things that go with it. So I think to some degree in this event that's ended up being on the calendar with probably no budget or no real game plan on how it was going to operate because it was thought to be a good idea at an annual general meeting. Uh, you take a look at Brad Gushu. He finished second in the world last year, so Canada was in that position, yet they're they're in a qualifying contest again where they've got to qualify to get back in the event. I still believe their best approach for the future is the pool system. So you maybe start out with uh, three pools, 10 in each pool, and just like they're doing here, quite frankly, each year two two countries go up and two countries go down uh, from A to B and B to C, and uh, it's clean, simple, uh, where you host these and how you do it, again, is maybe a little bit of a challenge, but I think you could probably run a world championship A and B pool in the same location at the same time if it was managed properly. But again, there's pressure here, primarily from the European nations. If you do that, three countries get cut out of the A pool, where they have 13 there now if you go to 10. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's the reason why things are the way they are right now. And uh I just believe they've got to take a look in a different direction from the way I see it. What, do, what role is Curling Canada playing this thing when it's in Canada, Warren? Well, that's another uh, 
discussion, but maybe Kevin's got some comments on the other things I said there before we get into that. Well, boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where do we start here? There's probably a deeper issue here when you talk about funding, like the amount of money to, to, to run an event like this. I mentioned Brad Gushu being undefeated. He's actually 4-1 and one as we're taping this right now. He's okay. not undefeated, but still going to be in the top five. Funding, though, curling is really popular worldwide right now. It's growing like crazy. Viewership is huge at the Olympic level, at the Worlds, prior to going under a, under a uh, recast where, it's, uh, an, uh, where you have to pay to watch. Um, that really hurt the numbers, and that, that really hurt the sponsorship because not many people watching. So I think there's a bit of a, a goof up there with not keeping it for a very long, quite a long time free, having many, many millions of people watching our wonderful sport around the world and benefiting on the sponsorship side rather than the making people pay a certain amount to watch. And I think that's kind of what's happened here now is that, okay, we, we had all these people watching the game, which is wonderful, and we had great sponsors. Great. But then trying to go behind a paywall and numbers drop, sponsors go, well, we, we don't have nearly the amount of people watching that we thought, so that you lose sponsorship, therefore you lose money, now you move into a curling club. I kind of think the approach has been a bit backwards. I really think that that move to recast has really been costly. That's my opinion. I know there's other reasons, Warren, when it comes to bringing worlds into Canada every second year, men, women, men, women, you can't really sell a title because you lose the rights every second year. So that's a problem too. There's many issues uh, in behind the scenes um, that really need to be cleaned up. I kind of think there needs to be a, a really strong business mind coming into their sponsorship area and, and clean some of this stuff up and maybe get rid of that, that deal with curling Canada where there's worlds in Canada every second year and Canada has the rights because that's stopping the world curling federation from selling a, selling a title sponsor to, to major events. Well, that's a major problem, but of course you still have trouble if you're going to have a paywall to get the big viewership, to get the big sponsor, you've got to open that door up. So there's quite a few things, Warren, I hope I'm not talking too many things at one time, it's very confusing, very complex, and I just think the World Curling Federation, uh, I, I know them well, I'm friends with so many, I just think they need to get a strong business person you know, running that ship uh, on the sponsorship side and management side of the, of the business. Yeah, if we look at the history, and this is always interesting when it comes to Canada, because you know what came first, the chicken or the egg? And when I'm referring to the chicken and the egg, that's Canada and the World Curling Federation. So... Canada became a major entity in the sport uh, long before the WCF did because of numbers. So it's always been a difficult marriage or relationship between Canada and WCF when it came to running championships. And we can go way back in time, back in the days of McDonald Tobacco with the Briar, and Air Canada was a sponsor of the Air Canada Silver Broom. And there was always no big issue because in those days, if you were title sponsor of an event, you owned that event, and there wasn't any real concern with conflict because there wasn't any conflict in who sponsored the Briar, who sponsored the Silver Broom, etc., etc. But then things started to evolve, and a lot of things happened. I mean, we can go back to this period of time. Neither the WCF or the Canadian Curling Association had any money back in the 80s. Uh, the WCF faced a very difficult situation actually in 1990 where if they, they pretty much had to amalgamate the men's and women's championships if they were going to be able to financially continue. And they were at the beholden to sponsorship for those events to even to exist. 
But then along came the Olympics, and uh, that now began to put some money into their bank account. Up until this time, the world events run in Canada were pretty much done by the World Federation, and Canada kind of stepped back and didn't get involved. But then we had another interesting thing develop in 1995, where the St. Clair Group became the sponsorship group managing Curling Canada, and they were also managing the World Curling Federation. So the whole sponsorship jungle could be kind of threaded through because you had the same company representing both organizations. But in 1997, under this whole arrangement, there was an event held in Hamilton, a world championship, uh, 1996, I should say, and it lost about $700,000. And because it was a WCF and Curling Canada didn't have anything to do with it, they walked away from it. And as a result, there was a, a pretty bad situation created in Hamilton. And it was at that point in time that uh, Curling Canada began to say, wait a minute, you can't just come into Canada and run the event like this and walk away when it loses money. So starting in 1998, when they were forced to come back to Canada again, took the thing to Kamloops in the 11th hour, Curling Canada kind of became the, the operators of the event, more or less, or certainly directed the whole financial aspect of that. And that continued up until about 2003 when the St. Clair Group dissolved and a couple of former St. Clair Group employees took over the whole sponsorship side of things for Curling Canada. Now the WCF was out there on their own and they brought in another sponsorship agent, which was Infront. So now there was a clash there with, well, if you're going to bring world championships to Canada and Infront and back and forth, coincidentally at the same time, Ford who was then sponsoring the World Championship for, for men and women combined, um, and it was Ford of Canada that was the sponsor, said, this was in 2003, we've been the title sponsor since 2005, it's Ford of Canada, but the event is only in Canada two, three years out of five. If that's going to continue, we will not continue as the sponsor. So then there was another scrambling went on in 2004 and five. how do we keep Ford on board? And that was when this kind of crazy agreement came into place where one year there'd be a men's worlds in Canada, the other year there'd be a women's, and Ford would be the title sponsor of both. And and that was how that whole thing started, where Canada ended up operating these events in Canada that were actually world championships. And that's continued on since then, without getting into any details of what happened probably in 2008, where there was another big blow up, until 2017 when Ford left as a sponsor. Now, in my opinion... When Ford left, because this whole thing was kind of designed for them, uh, there should have been a reshuffling of the deck at that point in time. And I think a new agreement set, struck between the CCA and the WCF where the WCF would start to market that event on their own and work out a parameter where that event would run in Canada and how it would run. But they kept the same thing going. And I, it, it, to me today, it doesn't make any financial sense for either party. In the meantime, along comes this Pan-Continental Championship, I assumed it was going to be part of the same package. Curl Canada employee informed me yesterday, nope, uh, the WSF is here running this event on their own. Curling Canada is not involved with it. And uh, I was kind of shocked to find out that that was the situation. From what I was told, no, they don't have any role in it. So, Warren, it sounds like sponsorship of curling, you know, like Kevin always says, you knew to it's it's growing. Curling is evolving. You know, we had... We had Laura on the other day, right, who's got this new gig to represent players and all that stuff. So it's, it's kind of growing, but it seems like it's going backwards in the most important area is sponsorship and money. Tim's pulled out. Tim Horton's pulled out. 
Yeah, it's, it's complex. I mean, uh, there was a whole system put in place there about 15, 20 years ago that was effective and worked then. Uh, it needed to be probably changed a lot, probably five, six, eight years ago. Uh, it's more or less the same model that was put in place in 1995 that's still moving on here, and it needs to be changed in, in a number of ways. And I think that's also part of the issue. Let's just go to this uh, player cresting mm -hmm. thing. So here you have a situation today where if you play in a provincial championship, pretty much all the provinces allow the athletes some cresting. Now you go to the Briar and Scotties, there's none. Now you go to the world championship, there's two or three positions that each team gets on their uh, uniform. And here we are at this Pan-Continental Cup, same thing. They get some positions on their uniform. So that whole thing there is inconsistent right. as to what happens with a world event, a provincial event, and right. a Canadian event. So the players themselves are going to have to step up and start to demand a lot of these things being addressed, I think, uh, in, in many ways. And it's not going to change until they do that. Was that a lot of stuff, Jimmy? I got it all figured out. I could have said that verbatim, what Warren just said, okay? I know, I know this stuff cold. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of cold. So, Kevin, before we get to the wrap, we, we'll give you an update on... Uh, you've given us some of it about Brad... What's your opinion, uh, Kevin, on Brad going public with the beef he has with the WCF? Like, he's a business guy. I think, doesn't he orange, orange theories or something like that? And I can't imagine if the roles were reversed that someone said, I'm going on Facebook to tell, you know, to talk poorly about your business. A part of me goes, this might be a private battle, Kevin, or what, what do you think? Well, I think there's a point where the player's just kind of lose their mind and they go, you know, we've had enough, right? And But Brad's the right person to do it. He's, he's the strongest name in the game. And I don't think there's much, you know, that he shouldn't be able to say. Right. And he's winning. Like, there's no better time to complain than when, you're, when right. you're doing well. And he, you know, one thing about Brad, he doesn't complain okay. often, like okay. very seldom. So, you know, when he does, people listen because it's not a common thing. If it's a person that complains all the time, well, that's probably right. not going to work. But for somebody that doesn't, you know, he feels strongly about this, and 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 that's great because he's right in saying. I saw one of the, one of the lines he said earlier was that you know a lot of curlers are scared to say something because you get hammered by the governing bodies. For him, though, he's been through it all, and his name is big. Um, he's the guy who can say it, and he has. And uh, I, I think it's wonderful that he that he speaks openly and truthfully, like he's he's just saying the truth, which is great. I think the other thing we should mention, Jim, and I did in a, in a piece I wrote today, people need to understand that let's just talk about the men's side, and Kevin can correct me if he thinks I'm wrong, but there's probably about a dozen men's teams in curling that are they're professionals. That's mm -hmm. all they're doing. They're doing this for a living. And a lot of their money that they're making is coming from the sponsorship that they hold. That's where the major source of funds is for them. So while some people may think that... Uh, you know, it's great to have the right to be able to play for your country and all that type of thing. Uh, for a guy like Brad, who's won five Briars and I think two world championships, uh, this is a business for him now. And uh, the television coverage that he gets from an event like this is one of the reasons that he's still part of it. Uh, the money that he can make out of the Briar if he wins is probably why he's still part of it. And so people need to probably get in their minds that there's curlers and there's curlers. And we do, for all intents and purposes, have professional curlers. I love the guy. I love I love his opinions. I love it. And I was only asking that whether he, you know, does he does he step back? Ah, maybe I should have phoned him myself or not. But uh, you got to admire the guy for sure, for sure. And he's he's gonna. I'm wondering if 
Did the WCF call him yet? Did he get a call? From- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Brad, Brad's Brad. I mean, back in the days when I was in the position I was in, Brad and I have had uh, sure. our disagreements sure. before. Um, but he did go pretty public here. But anyway, it's done. So And careful what you wish. You know, we, we wish for that, right? We wish for players to step up and, and not just give you the lame duck answer, or, you know, or, or whatever. So good on him. Let's get an update What's, before we get out of here. Warren, what's happening? <laughs> okay, I'm so Jim, flustered, man. I, what's I, happening? I'm, I'm, I'm waving the Brad Gushu flag here. You go, Brad. You go. <clears throat> well, we'll give you a quick update as to how things are standing at the moment. So the round robin is continuing and will through tomorrow, Thursday, and they'll go into the playoffs on Friday, which I think the top four teams in each section will be in the playoffs, and on Saturday we'll declare the winner men's and women's of the Pan-Continental Cup for 2023. But at the moment, on the women's side, four of the teams are already pretty much declared as being qualified. They are Japan, Korea, and the United States, all who are at 5-1. and one. In Canada, Carrie Anderson is at 3-3. Three and three. Carrie's lost three games. Uh, she was defeated this afternoon by Korea, 9-8. to eight. So those three countries in front of her, they've all defeated her. Anyway, they have qualified. And New Zealand and Chinese Taipei are at 2-4, and four, and uh, one of them will pick up the fifth spot. On the men's side, two teams are declared as qualified. Korea at 5-0 and oh, in Canada, Brad Gushu at 4-1. and one. Uh, Just behind him, Japan is at 4-1, and one, and then the other teams with a shot that should make it are New Zealand and United States, both at 3-2. and two. So I think we're pretty much determined at this stage who the teams are going to be or countries are going to be going forward to the men's and women's worlds. We just have to now determine who's going to be the Penn Continental Cup champion for 2023. I don't think we'll be able to determine that. <laughs> hey, Kev, does a really cold arena and different ice and, and playing at a club, does that, bring, does that bring in the teams who normally wouldn't be able to compete going, this is perfect. We may have a shot at Kerry Anderson. We may have a chance of beating Brett. Well, sure. It's, yeah, it's a little different than arena play, isn't it? There's not that big finish and... And you got to wear right. thermals. <laughs> well, no, you can't wear thermals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah, the curling clubs. You know, I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier today. I was talking to Karik at the at the Savile, and my last bunch. I haven't curled for a long time now, and uh, my last year, bunch of years, I didn't play in curling clubs hardly mm-hmm. at all. So this is different for most of the top teams. I shouldn't just say for for Brad and Kerry, but for other teams as well that play in the uh, in the Grand Slam circuit and and. They just don't play on curling club ice right. very often. So this is definitely different for them, and, and you, can, you can see it. Uh, each and every uh, week on our regular show, we, uh, we get a guest uh, who, who's in the house. A Gold Line Curling sponsors that for us. They're the founding partner of United We Curl, a nonprofit focused on expanding diversity in curling. Learn more at unitedwecurl.com. Also, we want to thank uh, Hearing Life. Uh, they're new in the last couple of years with us. If Vision places the world... In front of us, hearing places us at its center. Hearing Life invites you to love your ears with a free hearing test. No referral needed. Visit hearinglife.ca to book your free hearing test today. Uh, boys, good stuff. There's going to be, what do they call it, a bit of a fallout over the next four or five days? We'll have to see. Drop us an email. Lots to chew on, as they say. We'd love to hear from you. Insidecurling at gmail.com. Facebook group. Go to our Facebook page and our Facebook group. Uh, how was it, Warren? How has it been just blasting off? <laughs> like, Ooh, it's a humming there today, baby. <laughs> Good. <laughs> a lot of our senior citizens are a little 
pissed. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are. I bet they are. Uh, I was talking to Rod Paulson, of course, from In-House Strategies, who handles all our uh, Facebook stuff. And uh, I didn't know what was going on this morning. Okay, I get, I get my phone's lighting up here. Lots of, you know, I thought the roof caved in or something of the building. I didn't know what it was. And then Rod's gone. I put a post up. I can't wait to do it. Let's see what's going on. And then, of course, I found out. And I remember looking up to the heavens going, Brad, beautiful content for a podcast. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the interesting part, too, too, is TSN is really getting beat up. Oh, no and kidding. It, and it really isn't their fault. It's yeah. really nothing to do with TSN. But it's, yeah, And it's, not the end of the world. Not the end of the world, yeah. you know, that... Uh, that you could, it wasn't clear as day. It really makes you appreciate Sportsnet and the and what goes into you know broadcasting curling and getting it out to the to the masses. So uh, anyway, till next time, uh, Kev, enjoy yourself. Uh, what's the setup? Are you good? Are you near the bar? Is it a long way? Uh, can you get a little nightcap? We're set up pretty good. We're set up pretty good, Jimmy. Hey, you know what? Yeah, we'll be be talking to you from. Uh, you're talking about slams by next week. Yes. We'll be talking to you from Pictou County, Nova Scotia. For the Grand Slam next week. I've been there. I went in my blurry days. I almost bought a house the second I landed there the first time. I was like, these are good people. (laughs) (laughs) Warren, take it easy, man. You must have had a full day. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, all our sponsors. And thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Inside. Another episode. I can't talk. I'm so flustered. With another episode of Inside Curling. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy.